Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. A GoFundMe campaign has been set up for a Cork woman who fears she will die if she does not get inpatient treatment for an eating disorder that she has. And she joins me on the line, Lisa Murphy. Good afternoon to you, Lisa. Hi, Niall. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. Lisa, I, when I read this story, I mean, that you've been battling bulimia and anorexia for over a decade now, and that currently you're attending an outpatient clinic here in Dublin for a series of 20 sessions of cognitive behavioural yeah. therapy, and that this kind, of, the, this kind of inpatient service is not readily available to everybody or it's not easily accessible. Yeah. I mean, it's quite shocking, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, I suppose on one hand, I'm kind of going, like, you know, I'm, I've am i been on a waiting list for a year now to access those kind of 20 um, sessions. Um, and on one hand, I'm kind of going, well, look, at least I got to the top of the waiting list. But on the other hand, I'm kind of going, I just feel a bit hopeless in terms of thinking like 20 sessions, 21 hour sessions, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to come out of this? big hurricane I'm in off the back of that you know and, and there's, there's only is, three beds available I mean, you can't access the inpatient care the private inpatient care because you don't have health no. insurance yeah, yeah so you can yeah, only get a referral to the public system and there's, exactly, o- and there's yeah. only three beds you're telling me yeah um, and I, I think the, the most difficult thing really is that the, there's such kind of conflicting um, accounts and statements from um, public um, professionals so some consultants have said to me you know, um, that uh, they won't refer me because they don't actually do that anymore, that the, the HSE don't refer inpatient adults uh, with mm-hmm. eating, eating disorders anymore. Others have said to me, you know, we really just want to keep people in the community. Those beds are reserved for, you know, if we have to kind of force feed people. Um, others have said, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just the conflicting accounts really is what... Uh, so I. Just, just yeah. for people who, who maybe don't understand exactly what it is we're talking about, Lisa, mm-hmm. let's go back a decade. And, you know, at some point in your life, you know, your life changed. And for people who don't understand anorexia or bulimia and this idea, and people, there are mm-hmm. simplified versions of people who turn around and say, well, why can't you just eat something? I mean, yeah. obviously a lot of it is psychological. And then, yeah. it, be- then it becomes physical, obviously, because your yeah. body starts to reject food. So, yeah. I, I mean, at the start, when this all started first, mm-hmm. did you notice this was happening to you? Or did you, did you psychologically just put it out of your mind? I mean, did no, you... Yeah, I was very, very aware, from, really, from the get-go, what I was doing was not okay. Um, you know, I was never really in denial or anything. You know, I told a friend... Uh, soon after I started um, making myself sick or purging, you know, I told a friend because I knew I knew it was it, it was wrong and it was uh, you know not safe. But Wait, were you sorry for interrupting? Were you yeah. consciously doing it for reasons of body image, or was it something yeah, that you yeah, have no understanding it, of? Um, no, no, it, it really is that kind of phobic fear of gaining weight and just this kind of relentless drive to be thin, um, okay. and. It, it just consumed your whole life and I never in a million years thought though, you know, that first time I, I made myself sick that it would morph into what it is now. It, it re- like the, the, the levels I've stooped to, the things I've done to my body, you know, it, like to think back those, whatever, I think 12 years ago that I first kind of shoved my fingers down my throat just because I was like, oh look, I'll just give it a go and see because I felt a bit full, too full one day and, and now... 
you know, I'm there getting sick into bags and getting sick about 50 times a day and I'm taking laxatives every single day and I'm just abusing my body in ways that I, I never could have imagined mm-hmm. I'd get to this point. And and at what point does it go from being psychological? Because obviously society has, and it's particularly for women, I know men do get bulimia and anorexia as well and eating disorders too, but primarily women because, of course, the focus seems to be when we look at every single magazine and we look at every TV mm-hmm. show, you know, on Love Island and all those things, it's all these very slender-looking women with a perfect figure, et cetera, et cetera. So it's mm-hmm. huge pressure on women to look yeah. a certain way, which is wrong, by the way, can I just point out? I mean, yeah. that's not... <laughs> I suppose they do it to be attractive, I suppose, as well. And, and that's not really what everybody finds attractive. I think it's yeah. probably just a, a yeah. society's image of what's attractive. Yeah. But at, at what point did it go from being psychological, where you just wanted to lose weight and stay a certain weight and stay thin and attractive, to, to being physical, whereby your body then started to reject food? I, I don't know, really. Um, that's, I think that probably happens over a long period of time. You know, I know for me... For me, the the, phys, the physical re- stuff really starts with the food cravings. That is, mm-hmm. because I'm depriving my body then of, of food, it starts to obviously crave it. And then once once I eat food, it's like this automatic. You know, sometimes I uh, right now I don't even need to um, uh, actually purge that. Like we say, I'll be purging maybe about nine out of ten times that I eat, but other times then I I will just throw it off kind of nearly in, instinctively, or you know, your so body has got so used to doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there are times there um, every day where, you know, I have to do it and it's very forceful and it's very painful and stuff, but sometimes it, re- it really does just kind of come back up automatically. But I think, you know, it's it's this kind of constant cycle of filling myself your to friends, a point where... Your friends and family must have been so worried and must be so worried about you. Yeah, um, they they're they're very worried. They're very concerned. Um, they're also, you know, extremely supportive. But they are, you know, I think they were the ones that gave me kind of the push I needed to to do the GoFundMe, and they've mm-hmm. been really driving it forward because I think they're kind of terrified that you know there's nothing really else left. You know, do you, no find, do you find there's a lack of understanding, for example, for somebody <laughs> like me who may be ignorant to it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, mm-hmm. Many people listening today. That we kind of think, gosh, for God's sake, Lisa, just eat something, you'll be grand. Is there, yeah. a, la- is there a lack of understanding of what's causing, or, or do we not have um, enough of a conversation around that, or what's happening? I think, you know, there's there's a couple of things. I think, in as much as we have a lack of understanding, I think society is also, more than ever before, extremely, um, I suppose, uh, aware of eating disorders, but mm. not, not, in a way, though, I think, you know, people, it, it's so common that people now would say, you know, oh, she's bulimic or she just makes herself sick there every now and then. Like, you know, it's as if it's not a very serious illness. So there, there's that side of things. But then, yeah, like, you know, there has, it has been people say to me, like, can you just not put your fingers back your throat? Can you just not do it? Or can you just eat a meal? Just just eat a meal, you know? Um, and, uh, you know... And, and this, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. So at this point, when you eat a meal and you sit down and you have a nice dinner in a restaurant yeah. or whatever it is, and you think to yourself, okay, I've got to get to a bathroom or I've got, I've got to go yeah. somewhere to get rid of this again. What's that feeling like? Is that just a feeling of fullness or is it a guilt that you feel that you've eaten and you shouldn't be eating? Is that mm-hmm. a guilt feeling now? Um, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of feelings, but it's primarily... Um, I it, it's a very bizarre feeling. So it's primarily though I'll be sitting in a chair or wherever I am, and 
I can nearly feel my, my body getting bigger. It's, it's a very visceral feeling and it's panic really. Mm. Um, is what's coming in so I but I wouldn't uh, a friend was asking me the other day you know when's the last time you just sat down and had a meal and I I, I never have a single portion I, I can't remember the last time I had a single portion of anything it's either all or nothing it's either I eat to a point where I can't eat anymore or I don't eat anything It's so I, I don't even understand like portion sizes or anything like that anymore you know it's, it's and, really when, and when your weight I suppose when your weight starts to reduce so much then eventually what happens is you will start having other problems um, you know yeah. you'll have I mean uh, thankfully it hasn't happened yet Lisa and I hope it has doesn't and doesn't happen you you end up with organ failure and all sorts of different things because yeah, it can have such effect mm-hmm. yeah okay and, and I suppose when you then did reach out for help what can you remember the day you decided I need to do something about this I need to get help and what was that kind of journey like because we hear so many stories of a Ireland is just not really equipped to deal yeah. with people who are suffering from eating disorders yeah. so what was that what was what was the turning point and what was that journey like looking for help um, to be honest actually um, Niall there wasn't really a turning point I, I genuinely have been asking for help since you know, very early on. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been in and out of A&E really like the last 10 years. I couldn't even tell you how many times, you know, either through self-harm because I'm just so low or um, for, you know, um, over laxative abuse. I've been in A&E and stuff. Um, and I've, I'll be begging for help there. You know, I've been begging for inpatient care for years. Um, and really, the services are so under under-resourced um, and under finance and stuff that it, the, the the only things that are available really are kind of these kind of programs of, of cognitive behavioral therapy that are 20 sessions and, and that's that's kind of it and look I don't want to, cognitive behavioral therapy is an effective therapy and it 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 is especially effective in kind of mild to moderate cases of of, of lots of different mental health issues including eating disorders mine has just kind of progressed to a point where it's just simply not enough and I, I know I won't survive this unless I have something okay, a bit more intensive. That's, that's what scares me in this article when I read it. It says you're literally fighting to save your own life. Mm. And and do you think you're getting to a point now where you fear that you're going to die? So, the, the, you know, I'd be very honest. Um, no, like there's two things in that. Like there's obviously, you know, like uh, we're all human beings. We have an instinct that we want to survive, survive. And, you know, there's a bit of that there as well. You know, there's a part of me really that is um, a big part of me is so just exhausted from living that I, I don't know what I say I'm afraid that I'm going to die I think it's more it's more I just feel I need to give it a, a, one last big push you know um, and my friends and family are, are really kind of supporting me in that um, and I, I, I know I, that I know they published an anonymous account of your daily struggle on social yeah. media this is after you tried to take your own life uh, back in March yeah yeah it just hit a point in March I think it, it was a lot of things like the the eating disorder, the behaviours that you know I, I did things during the lockdowns that were really just um, I never thought I would, would stoop that low and kind of degrade and abuse myself that much mm-hmm. and um, you know, being then in the house so often, working from home, like working from my bedroom, eating and getting sick in my bedroom, like everything was happening in the same small room, and it was getting, it was you know, it was the winter one, so it was dark all the time, and I just hit a point. I was so low. I I I ended up in A&E a good few times, like within the space of a few weeks. There was a, a lot of A&E presentations, and mm-hmm. um, they kept just sending me away. 
and um, I just got to a point I just thought I can't do this anymore. That must, it must be a horrible feeling when you're reaching out and you're crying for help, literally. Yeah. And yeah. and you're just sent back away again. I'm sorry, there's not a lot we can really do about this. You know, I hope you're all right and off you go yeah. home again to deal with it on your own again. Yeah, you know, at one point, um, a friend brought me up to Annie and stayed with me through the whole thing. Like, we were in there for hours and hours and hours. And when the doctor finally came and just said, you know, here, here's a care plan. And on the care plan, it's basically a piece of paper that says, you know, breathe and meditate. And there's these helpline numbers and come back up to A&E if you're, if you're in the same way. And my friend was just looking at, she was like, what? Like, what? like is that it? You're like, it, it's I absolutely know, I know. shocking like to think that I would go up there, you know, saying I'm going to hurt myself. And you, you, you are in a waiting room for God knows how many hours. And then they literally just send you away. Like it's. Yeah. Because there's nothing they can do or they don't have yeah. the services there to help you. And yeah. I suppose the extreme of this, and thankfully you haven't got to that point yet, is, and I've seen so many stories across Ireland and the UK is where somebody's literally hospitalised and force-fed. And yeah. and that's the extreme. And, and hopefully you won't get to that point and hopefully... Yeah, well, I, I suppose cause it's because my primary is, is bulimia. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd go into periods of anorexia where I'd you know, lose a lot of weight and things like that. But they're they're quite different disorders. Mm-hmm. And my primary would be bulimia, which is where, you know, you'd kind of be a bit underweight or you can be a normal weight or you can be overweight. You can be really any weight with bulimia, but um, you um, you wouldn't need to be force-fed. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a kind of a different thing, but okay. I would have okay. period then of anorexia then, okay. yeah. Well, that, that's my ignorance. And this is probably, I suppose, from a listener's point of view, this is the things that we struggle to understand, the different, the yeah. different, different types and the different ways. So your problem now is there's only three beds in the, uh, that if you get a referral publicly, there's only three beds. So you have to go privately um, yeah. and you can go to an inpatient care in a centre in Dublin over a 12 week programme. But you yeah. have to pay for it yourself because you don't have yeah. health insurance, uh, which yeah. a lot of us don't because it's just expensive um, uh, to be paying on an ongoing basis. And, yeah. And even if you start the health insurance now, it's not going to cover you because it's an ongoing condition that you've had. So. How much is it like to do these? I mean, is it expensive to, to, to go through yeah, this program? Yeah, so the um, the twelve week program is sixty thousand euro. Wow! And yeah, it's it's a lot of money. Um, and then I suppose my friends initially were very eager to set the GoFundMe at like sixty five or seventy because um, you uh, there's no aftercare included in that. No, and um, you're going to have other expenses of that as well. Exactly, too. Yes. yeah. But I was kind of, I was saying, no, like, I'll just ask for the, the six, like, that's an awful lot to be asking for crowdfunding anyway, so... Um, but, I don't think know, it is. I think Irish people are good people and I don't think it's a lot to ask for. And yeah. what what is the success rate, this particular programme that you want to do that hopefully will bring an end to this for you uh, and you can get back to some level of normality in your life again and, and a little bit of happiness in your life again... What I mean, what is the the success rate? I honestly don't know, Niall. Um, that's uh, I suppose everyone's a bit different, and they they wouldn't publish um, success rates in that sense because I, I I really don't know. But I I do. Everybody's know. different, I suppose. Everybody reacts yeah. differently to it. Yeah. yeah, and you know you could co- you could come out of these places and be thriving for a while and and kind of then end up relapsing. You know, Regress or back you could again, you know yes. yeah, or you could come out and it's only when you come out that you, you really then kind of um, things start to turn around. And so, there, there's you know, everyone's a bit different, but I, I do know that um, I know people that have gone to, to this one particular centre that I'm hopefully going to be going into and um, just have absolutely nothing but good words to say and good kind of um, experiences. And, mm. you know, I was speaking with one guy yesterday who was saying, like, they li- he was in there and they literally saved his life. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, you know... I, and how, how are you feeling? I mean, like today, how are you feeling? Do you feel... I mean, do you feel healthy? Do you feel uh, okay oh God, today? No, no, I mean, no. well, I mean, your average day when you wake up in the morning, do you feel lethargic? Do you feel tired? Oh, God, yeah, no. It's, it's honestly, it's both a physical and a mental struggle to get out of the bed every day. Like I, And you're only a young woman, by the way, as well. So. Yeah, I'm 31. Um, you know, there's uh, sometimes there, like, because I, I, I go through periods of intense over-exercising as well when I'm, when I'm, um, really, you know, losing losing a lot of weight and stuff, and um, like my body is, I just feel like it's it's just kind of hanging together, really. But that's yeah. what that's kind of what I what it what it feels like, and it you know the the various systems they're they're just not working the way they should. Just even in terms of you know periods and all that kind of stuff, that's all gone. And I can it, imagine just, that that throws everything out of whack, so to speak. Every, yeah, it's just very out of whack is actually the good good way to describe it. My teeth are absolutely destroyed, like, mm-hmm. um, they're all just cracked and chipped and broken, you know, and I'd have all always have a lot of cuts and stuff inside my mouth and blisters and that kind of stuff. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of damage, like, it's really, it's it's an abusive disorder. Like my my body is being abused, really, by it. Like you know. So so basically, these kind of programs, what they try to do, I suppose, because most of this is psychological, and and you are understanding that basically these programs try to make you think differently about your body and think differently yeah. about how you eat, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to get you back to some level of normality. But look, the GoFundMe is going well at the moment. It's at forty four thousand and four. Yeah, which is know. incredible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who the last four said before euro was, but forty four thousand and four euro. <laughs> Uh, and the goal is, of course, to raise over sixty thousand euro because that's what you need for the program. Yeah. And I know our listeners are good people, and if they want to, by the way, we'll put up a link on my Twitter account. If you go to my own Twitter account, if you go to the show Twitter account, Niall Boylan or the Niall Boylan Show, go onto our Facebook account too. We'll put a link up as well there to the GoFundMe page. And thanks so much. And just give what you can because even if it's a tenner or whatever it is, just to help you out. And oh, I know, like and I know this is really yeah. difficult for you because I know you're a private person. And it's been, yeah. it's been really difficult over the last couple of days because I know you've been in media and what have you over the last couple of days. So it's been, that, has that been difficult for you? Um, it, it, um, it's been two things. One is, yeah, it's been like, I can't really believe I'm doing, you know, it's kind of just, <laughs> that's kind of taken on a life of its own. But uh, to be honest, the support has been uplifting, really. I'm, I'm really overwhelmed just by how incredibly generous and supportive and kind people have been. You know, mm-hmm. I, was, I was a bit anxious, like the online world especially can be, um, yeah, you know, not the nicest place in the world. No, say. of course and not. Yeah, you get the so, odd troll out there, of course. Yeah, yeah uh, but honest to God, there hasn't been one. I haven't seen one um, negative um, comment or negative incident. Like it's really been incredible. So in that sense, it's been great. Yeah, it has been. Like uh, I'm thinking there. Like God, anyone who's ever met me knows like the most you know private parts of my life, and mm. uh, that's a weird thing to think you know so I think I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to say there could be a lot of girls who like you in their 20s started out like this and you know that first visit to the bathroom where you thought Mm. I could lose weight by just getting sick or by not eating yeah. What what advice would you give those girls now? I mean, you're a decade into this now and and you have experience I suppose in dealing with it in some way Mm. but what advice would you give them? Apart from don't do it. The first thing I would say is you know, I I genuinely mean this in terms of as a, as a I know it's a disorder, but like as as a way of life or as as a as you know a way to live your life. I I would not wish it on my worst enemy. It is at, like it's 
it's a horrific way to live and I, I think a part of me just is numb to it because uh, because of how abusive it is but what I would say yeah other than, than don't do it is just you convince yourself that it, it's you know I just I'll just make myself sick there or I'll be grand like you don't I, I, I never did that you know thinking that it would morph into what it is now I never honest God in a million years would have thought I'd be this unwell mentally mm. and physically from it I it has really just taken on a life of its own and, and, and I don't even know how that happened it happened so slowly and so kind of sneakily that I just started getting worse and worse and doing more and more awful things to myself and I, 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 I would have laughed at someone if they told me the first time I made myself sick that I would be doing the things I'm doing to myself now yeah. so I would just urge anyone who's either thinking about it or has just started doing it or is in kind of the very early stages even if your mind is telling you that you know you'll be grand like you'll just do it every now and then it, it doesn't work that way no no and, and and there is some help available too so you should reach out at an early stage I suppose and get help too yeah, and, and yeah. finally Lisa you know in relation to I suppose why this is happening and why particularly it's affecting women more so than men Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot to do with society and the way we portray women in society and this idea of the per- being perfect and the perfect yeah. figure and everything else. How can we change that? Because I don't think yeah. we're trying to change it. And unfortunately, I don't even know why it's happening. And, and I don't think anyone's in particular to blame, men or women, to be honest, which I yeah. think everybody yeah. just looks at these magazines and everything else. And yeah. I, I know there's not as much photoshopping going on as, as there yeah. is. Really. But I mean, I imagine social media like Instagram and all these mm-hmm. kind of have a huge effect on, on how women feel they should look. Yeah. I think, to be honest, as you said, it's, look, it's a culture, that it's a system that we all engage in. Like, you know, we all participate in, in, in you know, viewing men and women this way um, and the kind of different emphasis we place on certain types of bodies. But I I really feel in order to, to change a culture, you know, the the media and bloggers and celebrities have, have a huge responsibility to not be publishing or, or not even publishing but just not emphasising you know you see the, the opening or the cover page of magazine you know ex-celebrity lost 50 pounds like yay you know the, just the emphasis on weight and looks is, is just it's too much and so it's we just we only had a, a case there last week without um, the UK radio presenter referred to Gordon Ramsay's daughter as the chubby one and oh. and and, you know, now he's been asked to apologise for saying it. So he referred to her. He was talking about her. Look, if you want to slag off somebody's mm. dancing, sure, that's fine. But when he referred, she's only a young girl. She's only in her, yeah. I think she's only 20 or 21. And he referred to her as the chubby one. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. people are saying, this is the kind of stuff that makes people feel bad about themselves. And this is the kind of stuff that oh. makes other women look and go, cheaper. And, and she's actually not that. She's not yeah. that chubby, if that's the word you want to use. I, yeah. She looks fine. But, you know, other women look at that and go, God, if they think that's chubby, I better lose weight. That's it. And, you know, I think people that are, you know, whatever about photoshopping to make yourself look a bit, you know, more whatever, but people that are photoshopping to make themselves look thinner, I think they have a responsibility just to stop and think. And uh, when I say people, I, I actually mean like, you know, celebrities and celebrities people that have the Instagrammers, huge, yes. Yeah, like huge platforms. And but like, look, luckily, you know, I'm on Instagram myself and I do feel an enormous amount of pressure to look a certain way for it. But luckily, you know, there's a whole wave of, of women coming out now that are posting pictures of their bodies as they actually are and deliberately doing that in an effort to kind of push back against how much mm-hmm. we're emphasizing certain types of bodies and I follow a lot of them and you know it, it does make you feel better to be looking at that kind of thing like this is what a normal body looks like or this is what 
a body with a bit of weight. And everybody's bo- all bodies are different shapes and sizes and we should That's be happy it. as long as you're happy and, you're, and obviously you're healthy exactly. as well. That's the main thing too. You well, know, no one gives me more, um, I suppose, I have friends there, they're, they just inspire me when they literally just, just post up and they just don't care. They're just like, I'll just, I'll just, it doesn't matter. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if I'm curvy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they love it and they love it. Like, they love being curvy. Like, they're always talking about it, like, oh, I'm loving my curves today. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think we just, we need to emphasize that a bit more and we need to, I think media has a responsibility to And do you to think you can get to that it. point, Lisa, where you can post a picture and say, I love my curves? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. If, if I do, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> um, but look, well, let's well let's just time. well let's just hope for that miracle, Lisa. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm delighted to talk to you today. And, and I think you. maybe people listening have a better understanding, including myself, by the way. We have a better understanding of how it might be to be in that situation, particularly yeah. for as long as you have. And you are literally fighting for your life. Um, yeah. And yeah. and if anybody's listening today, please, if you can donate, just go on to my uh, Twitter account, go on to the Facebook page, uh, whatever it is, the Nile Boylan show, the Nile Boylan, whatever my own Twitter account as well. We'll put the link up there as well for the GoFundMe. Uh, all Thank you need you. is an extra twenty thousand. That's all we need now, just to get you that bit of help yeah, that you need. There. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, if somebody doesn't have internet, or well, I say they don't have internet, they don't have access to mine. What is the actual GoFundMe? What is the name of the GoFundMe? It's called um, Help Us Help Our Friend Lisa. Help us help our friend Lisa. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lisa, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate well, you coming on the show. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank and you. good luck. Okay. Good luck thank to you. you. I hope yeah. to talk okay. to you soon. All right. Thanks okay. There you go. Bye. Lisa Murphy, uh, who's looking for money uh, because she, when I say she's looking for money, that sounds bad. But I didn't mean it like that. She's looking for help is what she's looking for. And for that help, she needs money because she doesn't have private health insurance. She needs to go for a program. Unfortunately, in Ireland, when it comes to this type of illness, and that's what it is, a disorder and an illness. Um, there are only three beds and you have to get referred in the public sectors and in the, in the inpatient care, which could, could be waiting a long time for that. Uh, and you won't get the help that you probably need. We need more. We certainly need more resources when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, so she decided to go public. Hopefully that she can get the money for the treatment. The treatment will cost over €60,000 in the Dublin Clinic for a 12-week programme. Um, I'm assuming it's a case of being there literally for 12 weeks. It's expensive. But if it saves her life, isn't it well worth it? Absolutely well worth it. And for anybody, by the way, who finds themselves in that situation or you've been affected by any part of that interview that we talked about today, you can go on to uh, BodyWise, that's uh, B-O-D-Y-W-H-Y-S, the Eating Disorders Association Ireland. And their helpline, if you need to chat to somebody, is 01210-7906. That's 01210-7906. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.